Well, good morning. It is good to see you this morning out there. Thank you for coming uh, faithfully. Even when things have been different as they have been, you've been so faithful, and I'm thankful for that. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, as we continue to make our way through uh, this chapter and uh, continue to see Jesus is teaching from the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to look again today, and we're going to finish up a, a small section of chapter 6. We've been talking, this will be the third week that we've been talking about this idea of practicing your righteousness. Uh, and we've already stated, and I'll state it again, that this isn't the idea of us doing something to make us more right in God's eyes. This isn't some form of earning your salvation. Uh, this is people that have already been saved by grace through faith. People that have already been redeemed by the blood of Jesus doing the things that God expects us to do. So practicing your righteousness is this idea of us recognizing what God wants us to do and putting those things into practice in our life. And so we've already seen that there's a proper way to give to the needy. And what that is, we've already seen that there's a proper way to pray and what that is. And so now this week we're going to look at the last one of these things and it's the proper way to fast. Probably one of the, the one of these three that we're least familiar with. And so I pray that we wouldn't say that uh, by the time that we're finished this morning. But if you would look with me at the text, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 16, says, And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. If you would pray with me before we consider this text. Father, what a privilege uh, to be able to gather together, Lord, even in a different setting. Uh, Lord, you are a God that is so good and so worthy of worship. Uh, and Lord, that we would be able to get together here, even in vehicles, even separated by glass and metal and space. Lord, to just be able to look around and be encouraged that there are this many other people that recognize your goodness that want to worship you, that want to sing your praises, that want to hear from your word, Father. I pray that we're encouraged by this, Father. I pray that this morning as we recognize how good you are and how, how gracious and merciful you've been to us by sending Jesus to make it available that we could approach you, that we could talk to you, Father, that as we think about how good you are and how worthy you are, that we recognize that we should not only want to talk to you, but we should want to do it in the way that you tell us is most proper. So, Lord, we've already seen how to pray. Now let us know how to fast so that we would put this practice into place and draw closer to you in this way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so the first three points of this I think are pretty clear, pretty simple. And very much along the lines of what we've been seeing for the last few weeks. So we'll move rather quickly for the, through the first three points for this morning. But don't freak out. There is a fourth point this morning that I've added to this text. I want us to see 
For those of you that say, all right, Brother Zach, you're talking about fasting, but I'm not very familiar with the practice. The last point is we're just going to see kind of in general what is fasting. How would I put this in practice if I were actually going to do this? Uh, which I pray after you hear the first three points, you will want to do this. So the first point we see here, uh, point one, Christians are expected to fast. So put that in your mental bank. If the fasting is not something that you have ever done and it's not something that you do uh, with some form of regularity on some occasions, then I pray it's something that you begin to do. Uh, we see it here, Jesus speaking and, and the Sermon on the Mount to these people, and he says, and when you fast, but of course you could just take that because these are people that are already fasting. These are Jewish people that he's speaking to, many of them, and so they already fast on occasion, so maybe that's what he means. is when you fast because he's talking to people that do fast. But there's another text, if you want to flip over just one or two pages to Matthew chapter 9. We're not going to spend too much time in this text, but I do want to show you this expectation that Jesus has for his disciples. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, it says, Then the disciples of John came to him, speaking of Jesus. So this is John the Baptist's disciples coming to Jesus. The disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Now, and I pray that when you think about fasting that you remember this text, because the analogy that Jesus gives here is this idea of like your best friend's getting married, and so uh, as he's going to move away and spend more time with his wife and less time with you, you don't mourn that while you're still with them, while you're still hanging out with your friend, while you're still spending time together. You will mourn and long to be with them after they're married and after they leave and after they transition. And that's what Jesus says here. He says fasting is a practice that we do in order to spend more time with God, in order to be closer to God. And so he says it doesn't make any sense that the disciples would fast in order to spend more time with God when they are literally with God, right? Because Jesus and God are one and the same. But he said there's coming a day, right? Jesus has already predicted there was coming a day that he was going to leave and return to heaven. And he says, and then they will fast. So we as Christians, it's an expectation that we should fast. But I also pray that as you see what fasting is, that you wouldn't fast because it's expected of you, but you would want to do it. I pray that you'll see that in just a minute. Point one, though, is that Christians are expected to fast. When you fast. Point two, when you fast, it shouldn't be made into a public spectacle. And again, we've talked about this with giving to the needy. We've talked about this uh, in praying, and we're talking about it again here. It says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And so Jesus tells them again, when you're fasting, obviously some of the guys, they would make themselves look like they were so hungry or so tired or so worn out so that people would know that they're fasting. But he says, when you do that, it becomes a PR stunt 
And it's no longer an act of righteousness. That's not what we're doing. We're not doing it in order to be seen by others. We're doing it in order to be closer to God. We're doing it in order to understand God's will more. We're doing it in order that we would have the power and strength that we need to carry out God's will. And so we don't do it for others. He says, wash your head, wash your face, look normal. Try and make it so that the only people that know that you're fasting are you and God. Do it in secret. He promises that when you do it in secret, He will see, He will know, and He will reward us. Which leads us into the third point. So we have, we're expected, it's expected of us that we would fast, that we should not make it a public spectacle. And also the idea that when, point three, when we fast as an act of righteousness, there is reward for it. When we fast as an act of righteousness, there is reward for it. And again, I tell you, it's simple to understand this, but it strikes me and brings all the, the beauty of this idea. Right, So Jesus leaves heaven and comes to earth. Right, in order to redeem sinful people, in order to give His life as a ransom so that you and I could be reconciled to God, so that you and I could have a relationship with God Almighty. So Jesus came and paid that price so that we could have a relationship with God, so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. And so when we, when we practice this gift that Jesus has given us, He gives His life, so that we could have a relationship with God. And so then whenever we, we exercise that right as God's children to talk to Him, to spend uh, extra long periods of time talking to Him, He sees that and rewards us for it. Counts it as an act of righteousness that we are spending time talking to our Father. And it makes me think about, uh, like it's, it's like somebody giving you a medal or a bonus because you you decided to take your spouse to lunch today and spent time sitting and talking to them. Right? Or somebody giving you a reward because you called and talked to your mom or dad on the phone for a while today and just chatted with them if that's available to you. That, that you would do something that you want to do and be given a reward for it. And that's how fasting is portrayed here. Fasting is something that we should want to do but God is so gracious and so good and so loving that when we do this thing that we want to do properly, He rewards us for it. So the fourth point, again, I don't want anybody to be alarmed that there are four points, but I do want us to see this idea of what is fasting, right? Practically, nuts and bolts speaking, how do I fast? What is expected of me when I fast? So point four we should fast like we pray, only for longer. Right? So fasting is very similar to prayer. It's just done for longer periods of time. Now, not exactly. I'm, I'm making that a little bit oversimplified. But the word that Jesus uses here and that the Bible uses for fast, right? In verse 16, he says, And when you fast, that word literally means to abstain from food. Not to eat anything. That's literally what the word means. So Jesus says, and when you decide not to eat food, or when you skip a meal, 
don't look gloomy. And he says all these other things that go along with it. And so some of you have heard of fasting, but you've heard of fasting more as, uh, as a, a health practice, right? Intermittent fasting is a very popular thing these days. Uh, some of you are told that you have to fast before you come in to do blood work. Uh, and, and so fasting is something that we've heard of, but it may not be something that you've heard of very often in a religious sense, right? So, so how is me deciding not to eat an act of righteousness? That's a question to be asked. And the idea isn't just abstaining from food. The idea is abstaining from food in order to spend more time with God. That's the whole idea that we see here. It's, it's that I'm giving up something that I want and to an extent that I need. I'm giving up something that is a normal habitual practice of mine in order to spend more time with my Father in heaven. And so we see this in the scriptures. It's done sometimes corporately. It's sometimes done by individuals. A few of those instances I wanted to, to just share with you. David, uh, in, in 2 Samuel 12, he fasted on behalf of his very sick child. King Ahab in 1 Kings 21 fasted whenever Elijah the prophet came and told him the, the news that he didn't want to hear that God was judging him and that God was unhappy with him. And, and so Elijah delivers that news and immediately Ahab begins to fast and it leads to him repenting. We see in Nehemiah 1 that Nehemiah, whenever he heard about the, the exiles that had got to leave Babylon and go home, which was a glorious and exciting thing, but then they got to Jerusalem and the, the walls were knocked down and, and the city was destroyed and they're trying to live in that. And he was so worried for these people, for his people, that he fasted. And so we see that a lot of times in Scripture, people are fasting when they're facing difficult situations or difficult circumstances. They're fasting when they, when they need help understanding God's will or when they need help carrying out God's will. I think of Jesus not fasting from food. He did fast in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry. But I think about him fasting from sleep in the garden before the crucifixion. Right? He goes and he's giving up what he would normally do, his normal habitual practice of sleeping at night in order to pray that he that that the Father's will would be done, right? That this cup would pass, but if that if that wasn't God's will, that he would be able to be sustained through this process of giving himself as a ransom for all of our sins. And so we see this idea that that a lot of times, most of the time, fasting is abstaining from food. But I believe that you can do this well by abstaining from other things. You can take other things in your life. Right, you may decide, hey, I'm going to skip lunch on Tuesday of this week and during my, my lunch break I'm going to spend that entire time with God. And that's a very popular way of fasting is giving up food. I believe you can give up other things as well. Maybe you have a certain TV show that you watch uh, every evening. And all right, so for this week, instead of watching that show every night, I'm going to spend time reading my Bible and praying about this specific thing. Now, there's one specific thing in your life going on that you need help with or that you need guidance on. So I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to read Scripture about this every night this week. Uh, one time, I decided that for a period of time that I was going to give up listening to the radio. Uh, I had a longer commute at that period of time, and 
And so while I was driving for that period of time, I, instead of listening to the radio, I would spend extra time praying. And so you can do this in other ways other than just food. Some of you have health issues that might would preclude you from skipping meals and without uh, going without food, but you can still fast. But it's this idea that I'm willing to give something up, something that I like, something that I enjoy, something that I normally do. I'm willing to give this up because, Father, I want you more than I want this thing. I need you more than I need this thing. I want to spend time with you more than I want this thing. And so we fast because we long for God. We long to be in His presence. We long to hear from Him, to know what He wants for us. We long to have the strength to do the things that we know that we should do that are difficult for us to do. And so we spend extra time. But I would also tell you that it's very important that, that since fasting is a form of prayer, that we recognize, and many of us, including myself, have gotten this wrong in the past. I'll be honest, this study this week has been good for me because in the past I have spent time fasting asking for one specific thing. There was a, an instance in my life where I, was, I had interviewed for two different jobs, and so I spent time fasting because I really wanted this job more than the other one. And so most of the time that I was fasting, what I was really doing was asking that God would let me have this job, which I would say now is an improper way to fast. It's okay to make that desire known to God, but that I spent most of the time fasting, asking Him for what I wanted is not the way that fasting should be done. Right? We saw this last week with praying. In Matthew 6, 7, Jesus said, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And so the idea there, right? Don't just go on and on thinking that if you ask enough that God will give this to you. Brothers and sisters, he said that he all, God already knows what we need before we ask. And so don't think that if what I'm asking for is outside of God's will, that if I just ask for a longer period, that He'll eventually give it to me. That's not how it works. And it wasn't in that instance. It was not His will that I would have this job that I was asking for. So what I could have been doing, which would have been much more productive that whole time, is praying that He would help me to know His will, that He would help me to understand what He wanted me to do, that He would help me to have strength to accept whatever decision he showed me. Because you know what? He knew, all I knew was basically the salary and where the jobs were, but what he knew is how this job or this job would impact me as a husband. How, how I would be able to impact co-workers around me or how they would impact me, what students would have heard from me at the time. He knew all of these things infinitely more than I did, and I'm sitting here trying to tell him what I want him to do. How dumb of me. But many of us have done this. And so I pray that when you fast, don't fast to get what you want. Fast to know what God wants. Fast to have the strength to do what He wants you to do. I love this quote. I read it this week by a pastor friend on Twitter. He said, Spiritual disciplines, of which fasting is one of them, spiritual disciplines are not about making you more precious to God. They're about making God more precious to you. I thought, how fitting and how true. So we fast 
when we're trying to make a very difficult decision and we don't know what we should do. We ask the Lord to guide us. We fast when we recognize that there is sin in our life that is very difficult for us to get rid of and to let go, to ask for His strength to get rid of it. We fast when we have a loved one or a friend that we see in sin, that we want them. We know that God's will is for them to give that up, and so we spend extra time in prayer asking, God, I want, I want you to help them. I want you to strengthen them. I want you to use me to help them. God, show me what you want. Great way to fast. God, I know what you want. Help me to want it as well. Great way to fast. God, I know your desire for this person is this. Help them to desire that as well. I believe these are great ways to fast. But just like we said about prayer, fasting can't be about what I want. It needs to be about what he wants. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Praying that we would be in line with Him. And then the last thing that I would also recommend is sometimes you and I feel these seasons of spiritual dryness. And sometimes we should fast just because we need to spend extra time with God. Not asking Him for anything, but just wanting to be with Him. How many of you, whenever you were in high school, now some of you when you're in high school, you may not have had a phone at your house. But if you had a phone at your house when you're in high school, how many of you spent hours and hours talking to the love of your life. Any of y'all do that? I can't see you. But if you did, yeah, there you go. Honk the horn. So those of us that did that, right, you just you just wanted to talk to them. You know, we make jokes about teenagers being on the phone and just listening to each other breathe, but you just wanted to know that you were closer to that person that they were committing that time to you, that they could have been doing anything else, but they were sitting there on the phone talking to you because you just loved them so much. Brothers and sisters, why would we not do that with God, our Heavenly Father? Why would we not just want to sit in His presence? Why would we not sometimes just want to be close to Him, to draw from His strength, to know that He's hearing us, just to spend extra time with Him? So I pray that sometimes, that when you have a big decision, you fast. And when you need help and strength, you fast. And when your friend needs help and strength, you fast. But I also pray that periodically you would fast just for the longing of being in God's presence more. Because Jesus said when He was here, His disciples didn't fast. And when He returns, we won't fast anymore. But brothers and sisters, right now, we sh our hearts should have a deep longing for God's presence, which should lead us to fast. Not because we have to or because we're expected to, because we should want to. So very practically speaking, I'll say this. If you haven't fasted before and you want to give it a go, you want to start this process, I would say start out slow. Maybe you say, I'm going to skip lunch just one day this week. Don't start out with a 48-hour fast or anything. Skip lunch one day this week. I'm going to give up this practice one day this week. I'm going to not eat breakfast this morning, and when I get up from the time that I get up until the time that I go to work, I'm going to spend time with God. Start out small, and then build upon it as your heart desires it more. I would also recommend that you have a, a solid plan right out, because brothers and sisters, we're honest, we get distracted easily. So right out, I'm going to fast for my lunch break. I know I've got an hour, so I'll go sit in my car and for... And, and, and for the first 15 minutes, I'm going to read these texts, these scriptures that talk about whatever it is that I'm dealing with. 
And then I'm going to spend this much time praying and just thanking God for how good He is. And then I'm going to spend 10 minutes praying and asking that He would give me strength to be able to do this better, right? Just have a plan written out because if you don't, it's easy for us to get distracted and all of a sudden you realize you've been sitting in your car for 45 minutes watching birds fly by. But brothers and sisters, if you have not been fasting, let me recommend it to you. Because being in God's presence is such a beautiful thing. And this is just another way that we can do it. Y'all will join in this praise we finished this morning. Lord God, you are so good. Lord, we don't even deserve to be able to speak your name, to talk to you. We don't deserve that you would listen to us. But Lord, you do. You listen to us and you listen to us intently and you love us and you care for us because you are so, so good. And Lord, the, the fact that you have given us the opportunity to approach you, to call on you whenever we desire, whenever we're able, Lord, should lead us to want to do it more often. Father, I think of many church members through the years that have told me to call my mother and to call my father because one day I wish that I could. Lord, I pray that every day we would wish that we would desire to spend more time with you. And Lord, that it would lead us to fast. Lord, that we'd be willing to give up TV or the radio. We'd be willing to give up even food. Lord, at times we might even give up sleep, Father. That we would be willing to give up things that we like and enjoy to remind ourselves that we should not like them and enjoy them as much as we like and enjoy being in your presence. That we, that we need many of those things, but we do not need them as much as we need you. So, Lord, thank you for giving us the spiritual discipline. Lord, I know it's a discipline. And I know it's very difficult. And so I pray that you would give us strength to want to do it and to practice it and to practice it well and properly. Lord, not just for the reward that we'll receive for it, but because our hearts need it deeply and because you expect it of us. So, Father, help us to be a people that fast. And Lord, thank you again for the opportunity to be able to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.